Well, hello and welcome to the podcast. With all of the things that we've gone through in the last couple of years, and now we seemingly are on the verge of war or the possibility of war, and we see so many people concerned and wondering how they're going to cope with all of this, we've decided we're going to go back to episode number 40 and rewind that from March the 26th of 2021. And it's how we can deal with all that's going on in the world right now. And in this particular episode, Krista is going to finish out the episode with some of her original music, the title cut from her album, I've Got a Joy. So enjoy the rewind. Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Well, good evening. If you hear large peals of thunder in the background, we're recording this on Thursday night when there are, for the second week in a row, major outbreaks of tornadoes and thunderstorms across the southeast, particularly across Alabama and Mississippi. They've not yet gotten to us But our family has already gone to the shelters. They've sheltered in the basement once already tonight, and we're thankful that they came through that safely. The tornado missed them by a few miles, and we're certainly thankful that they're all safe. We have prayers for many south of Birmingham that have experienced major damage, devastating damage, some injuries, and at last count, some entrapment people trapped inside their house. This is kind of indicative of the year that we have had. Yes, we've sort of been through a national collective storm in such a way with warnings here and there and times of no activity, low activity, and high activity where it regards this COVID thing. It's been a worldwide thing, and worldwide, we've had a very tough year. Started with the COVID lockdowns, unable to visit loved ones in nursing homes. You went from April until October without being able to see your mother and not allowed to be with family at hospitals. Your mother was hospitalized in November and December, and none of us were allowed to visit with her. The only family member that got to see her could observe her through a window at a distance. And that just basically told you, yes, that's her and she's here is really all it did. And so it's it's been tough. And when I had surgery in July, you had to drop me off at the door and sit in the parking lot knowing that I'm in surgery. And the first update you got was by telephone, didn't get to see me. And the next time was they called you and said, pick him up at the door. So yeah, we've, we've all had to make these very hard adjustments on an extremely quick platform. It, it's been tough. I think about the teachers. You know, last March, they were told, you're going to be probably going to be down for a couple of weeks. Right. We're just going to have to make a few changes and then it's all going to be fine. Well, it never did get fine. And, and we've still got school closures. Now, in our area, the schools are open and have been for some time. But many parts of the United States, and I'm guessing many parts of the world, 
those schools remain closed to this day. And I wonder about the effect that that is having on many of the children. We don't think about it. And I had a man mention to me one day, said it was asinine that they were opening the school up even two days a week at that time and letting the kids come back. And I said, have you thought about the children's mental health issues And this is their safe place. This is where they feel loved. Now, we love our kids. We love on our kids. We love, even though they're grown, we still love on our kids. We love on our grandkids. But there are a lot of kids in this world that don't have that kind of loving atmosphere. And the only hugs they get are from their teachers or from somebody at school. And now they can't even do that. Right. I mean, even if they want to. So that's been a very, very difficult thing. And I think it's going to be many, many years before we really reap the information about what this 2020 year has done to our school children. Absolutely. And and we saw economic repression. And I use the word repression intentionally. And that is subduing something by force. We forced businesses to close temporarily. That put people out of work. I think about hourly workers. I think about food service workers that live off of tips. And they weren't getting tips when people were going through drive throughs People in the travel industry. Exactly. The, uh, everything just, everything just kind of ground to a halt. One of our daughters is a travel agent and there for about three months, most of what they did was canceled trips that were planned and refunded monies that were there. But we shut down many industries. We shut down farms and it was economic repression. We even have a friend that recently had to close his very large business because of COVID. They were shut down for three months. They paid their employees all through COVID. But because of a number of other factors, they're just no longer able to remain in business. We also saw political upheaval this year, not just in the United States, but in other countries as well. Lots of political upheaval. Well, if I sound a little different there, I had to take a break for a major coughing fit and must have followed a fly or swallowed a fly (laughs) because I just started coughing all of a sudden. Where were we? Political upheaval. Well, that would choke anybody up. Oh, absolutely. Um, (laughs) Excuse me for this. Pick it up. Well, we're talking about the. there's been some political changes. Obviously, we've gone from one administration here in America to another administration, and it's been not even a scant maybe 60-plus days in, and a lot of things have really gone differently than even a lot of folks would have thought. So, I mean, we've just, and politics has always had an upheaval aspect to it, but it seems like this past year and then this past new year, there's just been a whole lot more sensitivity on people's minds. Everybody's wearing their political heart on their political sleeve, so to speak. And I think sometimes we just need to sort of stop, step back and realize what's the bigger picture here? What's the more important gain? I think at the end of the day, what political party you assign yourself to or relate to to or or run from isn't nearly as important as your own character and your own contributions to your community. That's what it really has to come down to. I would absolutely agree with you. But it is causing a lot of concern, a lot of stress for a lot of people. It is. We've also seen skyrocketing unemployment. Oh, yes. It still continues. More and more people are becoming out of a job than are getting a job. Right. And that's happening at a pretty rapid rate. What's the answer? I think we all have thought about it. 
I think thank thank the good Lord that we have jobs, those of us that are employed, but there's plenty of folks out there that they have really, really struggled, and it's been really, really tough. And entire industries that are having to shut down or threatened to be shut down. A lot of mom and pop shops. Oh, mom and pop shops are pretty much a thing in the past. Can't compete with the big box and the online, you know, between Amazon and Walmart. Pretty much that's it, you know, Yeah, <laughs> those two big powerhouse retailers. And, and I don't think it's as much competing with them as it is the public's attitude has changed. You know, I can sit here at 9 o'clock at night and I can click on something that I want and it shows up at the door two days later. Yeah, I know. I don't have to go looking for it. I don't have to price shop different stores and it's a sad thing that we've gone that way but americans especially like the convenience of shopping online they do i mean it's a blessing and a curse really in a way and i'm doing more and more to shop locally to buy products that are made in our state locally or at least american made products to try to keep americans employed as much as we can it's just tough because it you know we all make choices we're starting to see some rising prices the fuel is going up food prices are going up Food supply chains are, again, being interrupted. I know this is low for some areas of the country. It was high for us. Gasoline, I saw a while ago, for two seventy nine a gallon. Mm-hmm. At Christmas, it was about 48 I could buy it for $1.48 all day long. Wow. Just one of those things. So gasoline has almost doubled, at least here. And we're seeing those rise in prices, and a lot of the indicators seem to show that inflation is on the horizon. I think in some areas has already established this is a large nation and there's urban areas. We're going to differ from rural areas. so. But we keep <clears throat> printing money. Yeah, that's and, not, that's not and a good we, we have now put our great, great, great grandchildren in debt. Yeah. Which leads us to our next topic, which would be declining mental conditions. You know, mental illness, my theory, my unscientific theory is that mental illness on however you want to describe or define it from the very least smallest episodes to an extremely profound case of mental illness has probably got to be the most pervasive problem facing our whole entire population of the whole earth. Mental issues, we see evidence of that when people lose their all sense of reason. Here recently, there's been a couple of instances in our most recent couple of weeks where there's been some shootings and some murders Mm -hmm. that have been on a mass scale. And it's a mental illness problem. And you can't tell me that any person that walks into another business and kills six, eight, ten people, that person has a mental issue. That is mentally ill. That is to, not someone in their right mind. To, to the point yeah. of madness. You know, mm-hmm. Sane people do not do that. But we're seeing mass depression. People are just depressed. I could understand this if it was you that's stuck in the house having to look at me all the time. I would like that. That could be depressing, you know, Uh, but we we can't go and do the things that we want to do. We can't go and enjoy some of the things that we've enjoyed in the past. We don't have the freedom to exercise some of the rights that we have, supposedly, because of restrictions that have been put on us and on countries around the world. I mean, there are other countries 
But we're seeing mass depression all across this country, and I imagine in pretty much every other country. I know there are countries on the face of this earth right now that are much more severely locked down than the United States is. There are countries that just basically an enforced lockdown. And that has sadly increased the number of suicides that have been reported to from all sectors of the population, from very young kids to even some of the elderly that just cannot, they just can't cope and they can't exist this way anymore. Right. I'm in position to see the suicides that occur in this county, and we've seen a large increase of those. And as young as a high school student taking his own life. That happened not very long ago. And I read that one of the actors, 29 years old, took his life this week here in Alabama. Yeah. It's very, very depressing. There's, it's like there's a lot coming at us. It's exactly. like, like 10 freight trains coming right at you. Sometimes it just kind of feels so, so overwhelming. So how do we come to a point in this situation or these other situations So where, to where we can believe that God is really in control and that he's going to carry us through this. How do we reach that understanding? There's no way to understand all of this on our own. And those of us that are believers believe that God is in control and we don't understand why he is allowing some of the things that he allows. We don't understand things from his point of view, but We just have to trust that he is in control and that he will bring us through. And there are some things that we can do. And this started out as a part of one of the low-cost, no-cost things that we can do in prepper activities. And for Christians, and I imagine it's so with most other faiths around the world, and that is to praise, to pray, or to meditate. We need to look at something besides the situation that's going on. We need to quit looking at the storm. Well, I also understand that these things in life that we encounter are temporal. They have a beginning and and an end, and that God is eternal. And so his perspective on what's happening is a perspective that we cannot grasp because we haven't seen the end result of some of the things we're having to go through. We just have to have the trust and the faith in him because he is guiding He's created us. He's placed us in a situation. And we as believers also want to honor him by making the right types of choices that we believe would be honoring and glorifying to him and to rely on him. And I think a lot of people don't realize you can talk to God like a friend because you couldn't have a better friend. Absolutely. And that praising him is... They don't have to be high church formal words. Right. You can talk to God just like you could talk to your old country buddy. Well, of course, it's a relationship. Right. It's not, it's not a, an activity that you do at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. It is a real relationship with a real living spirit that is interested in what's going on with us. And his word tells us that we are to worship him. And, you know, one of the ways that we can worship him is through praise, whether it's through prayer or song or music. And sometimes I'll be going to work and it's kind of like the weight of the day is beginning to creep up on me because I know I'm going to work and I can flip on the radio, particular radio station here in our area is called K-Love and it's Christian radio and it's a lot of praise music. I know you listen to it as well. And they play uplifting Christian music and, you know, you can get 
get into worshiping God, listening to music, and before you know it, that weight is being lifted from you. Right, because you're now focusing on the one who can do anything about whatever problems you're going to be facing. It's like telling God who and what he is and what he means to you. It helps us refocus what he means to us and what we mean to him. You know, it's a Mm -hmm. two-way relationship. You can also praise him by reading his word and spending some time alone where you read the scriptures and you, you pause and you really want that to sink in and you want to ask him to reveal to you the greater truths and the things that he wants you to know in your heart. And it's a, his word is a living entity. And mm-hmm. when you read his word, you can sense that he's speaking to you and addressing your life, your situation, your challenges. And uh, it, it does give you a moment to be able to worship him freely and truly for who he is. You know, prayer connects us to our creator. There are different types of prayer. We can pray, as we've been talking about, prayers of praise, telling God who he is. He is the creator. He's the sustainer. He's the almighty. He is the merciful. He is gracious. He is faithful. He is eternal. But we can also pray prayers of thanksgiving, thanking him for what he has done for us, thanking him for allowing us to experience what we've experienced. And when I say that, you made a good point earlier before we started recording, and that is thanking him as well for the bad things or the things that we see as bad coming into our life. You know, that confuses some people sometimes because they're looking at it from a human perspective. Now, why would I be thankful for this tragedy or this dilemma or this uh, cataclysmic event, something that's happened that's really shaken us or disturbed us, upset us? Whatever it is, it's negative. But we have to remember that a lot of times it's an opportunity for us to reveal who he is through us. My daddy said years ago, a situation in life won't create your character, it'll reveal it. Absolutely. And I think that that's a lot of times when we are faced with things that are out of our control, we can do nothing about them and worry won't change a bit of it, that we need to also thank God for the opportunity for what we learned about ourselves and others when when some problems come along because they grow us, they strengthen us. It's been compared to a a great mighty tree. If you observe a tree long enough, you'll see scars and torn spots in the bark. But you see a great mighty tree that resisted all of the storms that it was encountering and all of the floods and the rain and the cold and the heat and all of those things that would have hurt the tree seemingly actually created a stronger tree. And so look at that spiritually. You know, we never know because we can't see the future. We have that flat tire and we see that flat tire as a bad thing. I'm late for work, you know. But what happened was we had a flat tire so that we would not be killed in a wreck down the road a few minutes later. You know, that's true. There's been many, many times when we have fussed and fumed about the things that have upset our flowchart, our plans, our way, when we don't have it our way, not realizing that we were being protected from something far worse. And we just got to thank God for that. Absolutely. And then we have those prayers for others. This is where we've been praying for our kids' safety this afternoon. We've been praying for friends that are having illness issues. God's Word says to bear one another's burdens, and this is where we can take those burdens to God in prayer and lift up others for their health, for their needs, for their blessings. 
we can pray for others. And also prayers of supplication. And what that means is asking God for the things that we need and the things that we want. And that doesn't mean that God is like a genie in a bottle kind of thing. He's not Santa Claus. No, it's not that. And when I pray to ask God for things that I feel like I need or want, I want to pray to him through the filter of what I sense he wants for me. What does God really want for me? Do, Do I really need or want? what I'm asking for from the perspective of, is that going to be honoring to the Lord? And so it does help to know that, you know, God does want us to come to him with, with our wants and our needs. And then it's really in his scope to be able to provide the answer of yes or no, or maybe later or wait. All prayers get answered. They just maybe don't always get answered the way we might want well, them to. It can be yes. It can be no. It can be not now. Not that exactly. So we want to pray for the for the things that we know are intangible. Like we talked about praying for our children and our grandchildren. Um, I think the older you get in life, the more you begin to pray over people more than things, because you begin to find that people are more important than things. And I'm, um, you know, our oldest, well, our oldest grandchild is married, but then we have from. 12 to 2, from 13 to to Mm 2, and one on the way. And, you know, I'm already praying for those children's spouses. Absolutely. Down the road. Mm -hmm. The Lord's got something in mind for them, purpose for their life. That's how far down the road we can look with God. I'm praying for our unborn grandson's wife. (laughs) And we praise God for him putting that into our heart to, to pray that. Something else that's uh, the third kind of stem of this is what we're talking about is meditation. You know, Basically, medi- meditation, I'm sorry, means to ponder, to ponder something, to think it deeply. When you're meditating, it's 100% directed sort of inward toward your own personal well-being, your happiness, and even your transformation. You're, you're not studying on what people have done to you. No, this is about you. You're not looking at the external circumstances around you. Mm -hmm. You're looking at you and you're looking inward and you're looking toward your own personal well-being and your happiness and your transformation. It's kind of a way of clearing your mind. You really can empty your mind so that you can really focus a little more clearly on yourself to know yourself better. We're not talking about like chanting mantras or that sort of thing because we're talking about something on a higher level and a deeper scale. Right. I, I don't think I could get in the lotus position, and if I did, <laughs> I'd have to help have help to get out of it. But what we're talking about here, she said, clearing the mind and doing a self-examination to better know yourself. You know, your thoughts, your motives, your emotions – your triumphs, your failures, your victories, your slip-ups, your mistakes. We're a human being, so each one of us is a mixed bag of everything. No one is out there walking perfectly, speaking perfectly, thinking perfectly. We're just not. And I think if we can just kind of cut ourselves a little bit of slack and understand that we need to not be very hypercritical of ourselves. And at the same time, we also don't need to be hyper slack on letting ourselves slide. If we're act, if we're actually, actually out there hurting people's feelings, not caring about what we're saying, not caring about, you know, someone else's response, maybe to what we're saying, we might need to examine ourselves. And, and the problem's not out there. The problem is in here. That's on us to change ourselves. 
Absolutely. And meditation is also a good time that we can use to focus on God. It's not just about ourselves. Now, there are times that we can meditate, turn that totally inward, but there are times that we can meditate and ponder on God and who He is and what He has done for us and what we can count on Him to do. Why we're even here. Those, old, those time-honored questions of what is my purpose, why am I here, why was I put in this place at this time, what is the meaning of my existence here, and God will reveal those things to you. Right, and you know some of my be- best meditations have been sitting on a stump in the woods while I was deer hunting. Well, see, that just proves the point. You can pretty much meditate anywhere. anywhere. You may not be able to meditate any time. You've got to carve out some uninterrupted time for that to be very effective. But Driving down the interstate during high traffic time is not the time to be clearing not. your mind and meditating. It's probably a good time to be praying, though. And we're not talking about sitting somewhere for three and four or five or six hours. No. You can meditate in four minutes. I mean, you really can't. You know, but it, it's that attitude of clearing your mind, getting the day off of your mind, and just looking either inward at yourself or looking outward at God and who He is. Chris mentioned it a minute ago, it, who we really are. Who am I? What am I? What are my strengths? And what are my weaknesses? What are my core beliefs? You know, I started a list on my phone a while back of defining my core beliefs. Well, core values. Core values. Yeah, and and some of them are values. Some of them are things that I believe. Mm-hmm. Believing that God is who he is. God's not a tangible object. We can't scientifically prove that God is there. Not in the not in human scientific not methods. In, no. Not in human scientific. He supersedes exactly. All that. He's mm-hmm. above that. But it's faith. It's knowing by faith because of a personal relationship. But where I was going with those core beliefs, this is you know in our time today we see relative morality. What's Right for you is not right for me. You know, right is right all the time. Yes. Uh, truth yeah. is mm-hmm. truth all the time. Exactly. It's either truth or it's not. It's not your truth or my truth. It is the truth. When you stray away from, from some of the, ab- the, the moral absolutes. And so what I've done with this list of core beliefs is this is where I draw my line. I won't do anything that contradicts these core beliefs, these core values. It also gives us an opportunity to think about the, the the things and the times and the areas of our lives where we haven't done so swell, where we've made some real blunders. We've really blown it. We've screwed it up. We've all done. We've all done that. And some of those times we clearly remember, and then other times we may not remember as well, but somebody else out there may be remembering very well. So we need to learn a lesson whenever a lesson is to be learned. We really need to be mindful that our our failures and our our setbacks and our blunders and our boo-boos serve a purpose. Yeah, and if we can learn that lesson and not make that mistake again, that's where we get into stupidity sometimes is making the same mistakes over and over and over. Right, we haven't learned our lesson. We haven't learned our lesson. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes lessons can be expensive. 
Not just financially. And you and I both have made some expensive financial mistakes. Hopefully, we have learned from those lessons. But we've also made some mistakes that didn't cost a penny, but they were very expensive. Well, yeah, they might have been a hurt relationship or a a misunderstanding or something that just ballooned and it just got away from us. And anyway. uh, So we can meditate on those lessons learned. We can meditate on our priorities. What is first, second, third, fourth in my life? You know, sometimes we can get our priorities out of order. When my youngest daughter was nine years old, I walked off and left one of the best jobs I'd ever had. I had so many what I then called older guys say, I wish I'd spent more time with my kids when they were growing up. And I said, you know, this is not a conspiracy. And I saw her on Saturday morning, Sunday afternoon, and Monday night. And I realized that this little girl is growing up. She's not going to be so little very much longer. So I said, guys, I'm going home, raise my daughter. And it was the worst financial decision I ever made. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made because I prioritized her over work or money. And believe me, I loved my job. And God honored that. He did. Mm -hmm. And it's also a time that we can face our fears. We all got them. We all have them. And sometimes we try to deny them. And sometimes we don't recognize them. And if we don't recognize that, We have these fears, and there's a lot of study on fear that you can do. You know, I've been through a lot of business stuff, and there's that fear of failure, but there's also a fear of success. Mm -hmm. And so the business folks are talking about, you know, we park ourselves here in the comfortable middle. We may not be afraid to fail, but we may not be going as far as we could because deep down we have a fear of success. And I think it comes down to a fear of change. We don't like to see things change. I think that's a human nature. It's a human nature thing. But, you know, that it's kind of like I don't want to be in the hospital listed in stable condition because the only condition that I know that's stable is dead. Well, you know, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. I don't want to be stable. Don't be scaring our listeners who just heard that their relatives are in stable condition because that might be good news. I understand that. I I understand that. And I use it jokingly, you know. But we're either growing or we're going backwards. There's no neutral. Right. And so keep moving forward. Don't look back because you're not going that way. Right. Something that I like to uh, kind of leave you with is that something that I truly and honestly and absolutely believe is that God is a living spirit. He is the Almighty. He is the Holy One. And He's extremely interested in us, which is mind-blowing. It's it incomprehensible is. that the God who, who named the stars and created how, who knows how many universes that would have an interest in you and in me and in our neighbor and in the that one and this one and, and that country and that nation and that culture. He's interested in all of us. He's He created all of us. And I just praise him for that because that tells me that I, I have my faith firmly established in him, in the one who can can the only one who can affect anything in my life that would be honoring and glorifying to him and that I just give him the praise and the glory for that. Amen. Anything else? 
I think that about wraps it up. We're going to end today's episode. Uh, Many of you don't know this, haven't known this, but Krista has for years been a professional musician, singer, songwriter, touring artist, and she has four, five, six CD projects that she has done. And we're going to end today's episode with one of Krista's original songs that she wrote and recorded. The song that we're going to use is the title cut from her album, I've Got a Joy, and then we'll tell you how to find more of Krista's music.
If you'd like to hear more of Krista's music, you can find her on YouTube. Just search for Krista Lawley. That's Krista with a K, K R I S T A L A W L E Y. Or you can order her CDs by emailing her at Krista at covenantmusic.us. I think you'll enjoy what you find. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. And please leave us a five-star review. That helps more people be able to hear this podcast. Share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. Email at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.